Welcome to the Thrive City Church Podcast. My name is Pastor Ben, and I'm so grateful that you have decided to check us out. At Thrive City Church, we want you to experience a thriving life with Jesus. Wherever you are listening from, we hope that you find this message hopeful and encouraging. Hey, good morning, Thrive City family. I am so glad that you've decided to spend a little bit of time with us today. If we haven't had a chance to meet, my name is Pastor Ben. I'm the lead pastor here at Thrive City Church. And if you are new around here in general, Thrive City is a brand new life-giving church for the people of Syracuse, New York. Our desire is to see our city experience a thriving life with Jesus. We, we want you to come to know God in a real and a powerful way. We want you to experience freedom from your past, uh, the shame and the mistakes of the past. We want you to discover your God-given purpose, and we long for you to make a real and a lasting difference in your life and in the lives of those around you. If you're interested in learning more about who we are or the things that are happening here at Thrive City, I would love to connect with you. I would love to sit down, uh, have a conversation, maybe grab some coffee. Uh, The easiest way to do that is by filling out a digital connect card. You can find that on our website, thrivecity.church slash connect. That'll help us learn a little bit more about you. And then either myself or a member of our team will connect with you. All right. Uh, Okay, well, before we jump into today's message, I want to give a quick shout out to some of the members of the Thrive City Church family. Congratulations to Alex and Christina Ryman. They just got married this weekend on Saturday. So exciting. We are so excited for them. Uh, uh, Christina helps lead our worship ministry. You'll see her pretty much every week uh, leading our church in worship. And her husband, Alex, is a huge part of our production team. Uh, Both of them just play such a huge part in making Thrive City happen. So we're so thankful for them. And we look forward to seeing how God will use them and use their marriage uh, to continue making an impact. Well, This morning, I want to be able to be real and vulnerable, and we're going to be talking about something that personally I have struggled with and I have had a really hard time with. And just because I have this title of pastor, it does not mean that I have some sort of secret exemption or cheat code that removes me from daily struggles that we all kind of deal with. And I think it's important to be upfront and honest about these difficulties that we face in this journey of faith because we are in this journey together and we need to be able to have some of these conversations. Today's message is called Pause, the Theology of Rest. If there's one thing that I have learned as I have gotten older is that life does not stop. Can I get an amen? Life does not stop. The minute that you think that things are calming down in your life, something else is going to come up. And if you're anything like me, you get in this pattern of thinking that once I finish 
this job or once I graduate with this degree or once I get through this stage of life, I will finally be able to relax. I'll finally be able to get some rest. Things will finally calm down. Oh, but that is not the case. The reality is that each stage of life comes with its own unique stress. And whether we want to admit it or not, we need to be intentional about slowing down and giving ourselves time to rest. In fact, scripture actually has a lot to say about this topic and this concept. In fact, I believe that God has created you and I with the ability to do more with less as we embrace the practice of rest. The passage of scripture that we are going to be exploring together today is found in Matthew chapter 11 uh, in verses 28 through 30. This is the words of Jesus as he's speaking. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We're going to dig into this passage more in a minute in this whole concept of rest. But first, let me pray for us as we begin our time together. Jesus, we thank you for the rest that you so freely offer. And we ask that even now you would calm our hearts, that we would be able to experience your peace. Jesus, allow us to experience freedom from the pressure to perform or to strive for success. Let us find true, lasting, life-changing rest in you. We thank you that your rest is not found in a program or in a performance, but it is found in your person. Jesus, it is who you are. You bring peace. You bring rest. You bring revival and restoration. We ask that you would heal our hearts this morning, that you would lead us into your rest. In your name, we pray all of this. Amen. Over the course of my life, I have seen a serious pattern develop. And for years, I have seen this pattern begin to impact my work and my education and even my relationships. And this habit that we've already started to talk about this morning has become this all-consuming, seemingly supernatural ability to always be overcommitted, to always feel just, just over my head with a splash of being overwhelmed. I, I just seem to not be able to rest. I always seem busy. I always seem overcommitted. I always seem just a little out of control. In my early 20s, I, did, I made a decision to go back to school. And I decided to go back to school full time while also trying to work 
two different jobs and while also trying to lead and develop a worship ministry and a youth group at the church that I was a part of. And I had so much going on in my life and so many different things that I was trying to pay attention to that I decided that it wouldn't make sense for me to relocate to school. The, the college that I, I was going to was down in Binghamton, about an hour and a half away. I decided that the only logical thing for me to do would be to commute twice a week down to Binghamton. So two times a week, I would wake up at, at four or five in the morning and I would get ready to drive down to Binghamton for an eight o'clock class and a day full of classes. And then I would drive back just in time for a couple different meetings for church and then we'd have a youth group at night and then I would go to sleep or at least try to go to sleep so that I could wake up rested to go to work the next day. And then I would just repeat that. The days that I was not going to school, I was at work. And the days that I wasn't working, I was working on school stuff. And looking back, I have no idea how I was able to juggle all these things and to pull it off. I don't know how I was able to get through that season of life. And even now, just thinking about it makes me tired. And now that I think about it, maybe that's where my crippling addiction to coffee and caffeine came from. But years later, I still struggle with this same feeling of feeling overwhelmed or overcommitted or simply burnt out. My wife and I like to joke that we have somehow managed to cram all of life's biggest events into a few short years. We decided to just rip the band-aid off and kind of do everything all at once and try and deal with it as it happened. Looking back just a little over five years ago, not that long ago, I was working as a barista at a coffee shop with dreams of one day being in full-time ministry. At that point, I had graduated from Bible college but was working as a barista, just hoping that one day I'd be able to be in full-time ministry. And not long after that, I became the worship and creative arts director at a local church here in Syracuse. I ended up getting married to my lovely wife. We bought a house. I enrolled in seminary. I completed my master's degree. We had a baby. We launched a church. And somehow I managed to lose all my hair in the process. And I'm not telling you all of this to make it sound like I'm super productive. I'm telling you this because I'm prideful. Let me explain just a little bit of what I mean. It has taken me years to realize, and even now I struggle with it, that I have heaped responsibilities and this pressure to perform upon myself in an attempt to make a name for myself or to feel good enough or to feel like I'm worth something. And it even feels kind of strange saying it out loud, but I'm pretty sure a lot of you know exactly what I'm talking about. That if people see how hard I'm working or how much I hustle, they will respect me that much more. They'll see the, the hard work that I put in, the busyness in which I consume myself with, and I will earn their respect and their admiration. 
So now, even now, when I am able to have a day off, spend some time with the family, and I try to relax, I feel really restless. I feel like I need to be doing something or working towards something with this nagging feeling that that I need to just be able to check something else off my list. And the longer that I feel restless, the more I feel worthless. It's this weird tension to live in because the years of this constant grind that I've subjected my life to has made this connection in my brain, as flawed as it might be, that my worth is somehow connected to my work. Oh man, I know that I am preaching to somebody right now and there's somebody this morning that needs to hear that you are worth more than your work. You are worth more than your work. Your identity is not found in your level of productivity. You and I have an inherent worth and we are deserving of love and dignity because we have been created in the very image of God. You are worth more than your work. So let me ask you this morning, do you struggle with rest? Much like myself, do you struggle with letting go sometimes? You feel overcommitted and overwhelmed and in over your head? Let me be clear. I'm not talking about rest in the sense of finding some some free time to maybe watch some TikToks on your phone or to binge watch your favorite TV series. Because I think we all know That just because you aren't concentrating on your work, it doesn't mean that you're still not consumed by it, by the weight and the responsibility of it. So do you struggle with rest? Real, soul healing, rejuvenating, clarifying rest? Oh man, it sounds good about now, right? Let me just tell you, uh, preparing this message is was really hard. This was a busy week. And so as I'm going through this, man, I am preaching this to myself first. So do you struggle with rest? This morning, let's take a look at scripture and what God has to say about this concept and this idea. In the very beginning of the Bible, in the very first few chapters in the book of Genesis, we're able to read what we call the creation account. And in this account, the author of Genesis describes how God, through his power, spoke the world into existence. And interestingly enough, God chose to create the world in a specific order or a specific pattern. Right? You might remember this uh, from growing up. If you grew up in the church or went to Sunday school, there, there's all these different days. On, and each day, God accomplished a different part of creation. On, on the first day, uh, he created light. Remember, God said, let there be light, and there was light. And on the second day, he created the, the atmosphere or the firmament. And on day three, uh, God created dry ground and plants and vegetation, On day four, he created the sun and the moon and the stars. 
And on the fifth day, he created birds and sea mammals. And on the sixth day, he created land animals and humanity. And on the seventh day, we read something interesting. In Genesis 2, chapter 2, we read that on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, the work of creation. And he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. This is really interesting to note that because God, as we know, is all powerful and he's not choosing to rest out of weariness or exhaustion or burnout or fatigue, God is resting and reflecting on the finished work of creation in order to set for us an example about the proper rhythm of rest. You see, God's pattern of a seven-day cycle is reflected in our own calendar, right? Each week that we have is seven days. And the, the people of Israel kind of followed suit. And what they would do is they would work for six days. And on the seventh day, like God, they would rest. And they would call this the Sabbath. And we see this pattern show up again in the Ten Commandments. So if you continue on from the book of Genesis and you begin to make your way through the Old Testament and you get to the book of Exodus, we read a story about a man named Moses, right? You might remember the story of Moses and Egypt and the plagues and how Moses led the people out of captivity. Well, Moses went up on top of a mountain, Mount Sinai. And in this story, God hands down to Moses what we call the law. And most famously, being summed up in the Ten Commandments are these different laws, which the people of Israel were called to obey and live by. You might remember some of these, some of these commandments. You shall not have any other God before God. You shall make no idols you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not commit murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet. I skipped over one, which is keep the Sabbath day holy. Again, it's really interesting to note that here in scripture, that right alongside, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, is this command to rest, to keep the Sabbath day holy, to remember to rest. Let me tell you right now, while the majority of us strive to keep those commandments, right? Like I'm pretty sure the, the majority of us are doing our best to not commit murder or adultery or to steal or to covet or to bear false witness against our neighbor. I'll tell you right now that not many of us do a very good job at trying to keep the Sabbath day holy. Hear me out. We need to be really careful here and what we're talking about with this idea of keeping the Sabbath day holy because in the times of Jesus, it became an idea that, that was twisted and perverted by some of the religious leaders. And instead of just adhering to the spirit of the law and what God had originally intended, they got consumed by the letter 
of the law. And not only were you, were you not able to work on the Sabbath, you weren't even allowed to take that many steps from your house before it was considered work. And you were no longer keeping the Sabbath holy. So what I want you to see within scripture in the pattern that God sets is this God-ordained pattern of intentional cessation from work. In scripture, this God-ordained pattern of rest is really a display of reliance. So could the people of Israel perhaps tended their crops better by working seven days instead of six? Maybe. Would they have been more productive in the things that they were doing with an extra day of work? Perhaps. But by intentionally choosing to obey God's command and, and to cease working, it showed that they were reliant on God to meet their every need, right? It's this idea of doing more with less. By taking one day of the week or specific amount of time, they're able to show their reliance on God through their decision to rest. They're essentially saying, there is nothing that I can do under my own power to fix or to finish everything that I have to do. God, I choose to rely on you for everything that I have. Give me rest. We see the same principle of doing more with less in the pattern of tithing. If you're unfamiliar with tithing, it is a practice of generosity, of using our finances for God. In the Old Testament, we see God command the people of Israel to give 10% of the things that they have to help provide for the priests and the temple and the work of God. And today, this same principle is what allows Thrive City Church to be possible Right? We, we rely on the financial generosity of our church to enable us to continue to be a generous church. And the practice of tithing, much like rest, shows a reliance on God to provide. And when we allow ourselves to take that step of faith, we see God show up in our lives in really incredible ways. So I want you to remember this this morning, that submitting to rest releases us from the pressure to perform. I'll say that again. Submitting to rest releases us from the pressure to perform. In my own life, I have created for myself this pressure to prove that I am good enough, that I am worthy of respect. And I find myself over committing to things and becoming overwhelmed in the process because maybe if I don't, I will miss an opportunity to prove something about myself. That pressure to perform is centered around my personal pride and not on the provider. You see the difference? By embracing this biblical idea of God-ordained rest, we are showing our reliance on God and we place the emphasis on him as our provider. 
and not on our own pride and all the different things that we have going on in our lives. It allows us to say, God, I choose your rest. In the midst of this chaos in my life, I know in full faith that you will provide. And by choosing rest, I am choosing to rely on you. I no longer find my worth in my work. For God, I find my worth and my identity and my foundation and my motivation in you alone. So bless this rest. Allow me to experience your peace and your healing hand. Release me from the pressure to perform. This pressure to try and make a name for myself. Allow my work to be a reflection of you. Oh, man. So what does this look like in our own lives? This, this idea of keeping the Sabbath holy, of living in this biblical pattern of rest. Does this mean that you have to take Sunday off from work? You got to change uh, your schedule uh, does this mean that you can't get things done around the house that maybe you, you need to get done? No, not at all. I don't think that God in scripture here is necessarily saying that we need to specifically take off Sunday. I think it means that there are going to be times in your life where you need to intentionally remove yourself from the burden of work in your life. So maybe this means taking an extended walk on your lunch break where you're allowing yourself to focus on something other than the duties at hand. Maybe this means going away with your spouse for the weekend to be able to clear the noise from your life and allow you, you together as a couple to focus on God and the plans and the purposes that he has for you. Whatever it might be, your decision to rest is an active decision. Look, this is really important to understand. And, and it's kind of ironic when you think about it, but that our decision to rest actually requires work. It's an intentional choice and decision. You cannot achieve true rest by simply removing yourself from your responsibilities. Rest is about reliance on God and making this decision to trust in him to provide. The biblical pattern of rest goes further than simply this idea of Sabbath rest, which mainly focuses kind of on, on physical or mental rest. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, that we read together uh, at the beginning of our time, Jesus speaks to this idea of deep, lasting, true spiritual rest. I'm going to read it again. Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. Come on, that is all of us. That is all of us. You don't even need to pretend. All of us are labor and are weary, and are heavy laden. Jesus says, come to me, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest 
for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Just to explain really quickly about a little bit what Jesus is saying in this passage when he's talking about a yoke, no, he's not talking about eggs, right? Jesus is is talking about this idea of a yoke that you would put on an animal uh, as they pull a plow, as they're tilling the fields or the pastures. It's, It's kind of this weight of responsibility. So take the yoke of Jesus, sign up to work with him and learn from him and you will find rest for your souls. Sign on to team Jesus because his yoke, his responsibility, the burden of his work is light and in him you will find rest. So here Jesus is talking more than just temporary physical or even mental rest. He's talking about deep, lasting, eternal, spiritual rest. Jesus is saying that God can accomplish what we never can. While we strive for success or we seek to find our worth in our work, where hopefully one day we will be satisfied, we will have enough, or where we can experience rest, here Jesus says, look no further. Find your rest in me. Jesus isn't saying that we will never have to work again. That's simply not what he's getting at. Jesus is saying, I will give you rest. Now you can focus on working for provisions and not working to find your purpose. You see, rest, again, is not found by excusing ourselves from work. True rest is found by encountering the person of Christ the person of Jesus and who he is. And by placing our faith and our trust and our reliance in him, we no longer look to ourselves and our own accomplishments for a sense of purpose and identity and ultimately salvation. You see, this idea that Jesus is presenting here is he's saying, I can accomplish what you never can. You will never be good enough in your sin and your brokenness to somehow earn my love or my favor or this rest in which I so freely offer. So thankfully, even in our sin, Jesus, the sinless Savior, like Scripture says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, died on the cross in our place, enabling us to access this rest. Personally, I have had to remind myself of this all the time, even as a pastor. Even with somebody who has a master's degree in theology, man, this is something that I struggle with all the time where I have to say to myself, Jesus, my worth and my value are not found in the things that I do, only in what you have done on the cross. My purpose is found in you, not in the pressure that I feel to perform. So this week, 
This week, I encourage you to submit to God's rhythm of rest. Heads up, it is not all going to happen at once. Like I said, I want to be truthful. I want to be honest. I want to be transparent with you that this idea of rest is probably not going to take hold in your life like that. You might wake up tomorrow still stressed and anxious or overwhelmed. What I want you to do is to take small steps in your life that encourage this reliance and this trust in God. Openly ask him to lead you into rest. Remember, don't ask God to remove you from your responsibilities. Ask him to give you rest through your responsibilities. Take small steps this week that encourage reliance and trust in God. Maybe that is taking a day off. Maybe that is putting aside a project or a task or a responsibility so that you can focus on God. And in that moment where you put that work aside and you can feel it nagging you, use that as a trigger to focus on God in that moment. Much like uh, if you've ever fasted before. Uh, fasting is, is choosing to abstain from, from, uh, from food or different activities in order to seek clarity from God. And oftentimes when you're fasting, when you begin to get hungry and you feel the physical hunger in your body, it triggers a spiritual hunger in your soul. And it kind of begins to connect the two that, that as you become physically hungry, you seek God spiritually. So the same thing can be said with work as you are fasting from work, as you're abstaining from work. Use that as a time to seek God. This week, pause and examine your priorities. Pause and examine your priorities. Are you feeling burnt out or overwhelmed? Why? What is the root cause? Much like myself, are you filling your life with, with, with different things in order to prove something about yourself, to earn the respect or the admiration of others? Examine your priorities. Is there a deep wound in your life that you are, you are trying your best to fight against or you're trying to prove wrong? Are you filling your life with noise in order to try and distract you, yourself from something much deeper? Pause, examine your priorities and ask God for clarity and allow him to lead you into rest. As a new church, Thrive City was born to hustle, right? We have to work really hard to ensure the health and the growth of our church because planting a church in the midst of a worldwide pandemic has not been easy, right? We were born to hustle, but I know that God wants this to be a healthy hustle. I truly do believe that God will enable us as a church to do more with less. 
So while church planting and launching a new church is a grind, we need to do it within the rhythms that God has set out for us. And the more that we show our reliance on God, the more that he will allow us to experience rest and healing and restoration and revival. Because if we try and make Thrive City Church about us and the things that we accomplish and not about God and the things that he has done, we will never succeed. We will never grow. We will never truly be successful as a church. But if we continue to place our trust and our faith and our reliance in the things of God, he will enable us to do more with less as we experience true rest. So may we as a church, as Thrive City, be a church that seeks our purpose and our priorities in God and not in our own pride or our desires to succeed. Hey, let me pray for you this morning that you would be able to experience true, lasting, biblical, God-ordained rest. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for each and every person that has joined us today. I ask that right now you would begin working in their lives, that they would be able to examine their priorities and the things that they're involved in, that you would lead them to be able to understand the source of their burnout or their frustration or their, their anxiety and feeling overwhelmed and in over their head. God, I ask that you would lead them to experience lasting peace and true rest. That you would bring them to this place where they are able to show their reliance on you. God, I thank you that rest is, is not simply about removing us from our responsibilities or our duties or our work and taking some time off. But God, it is about fully relying on you for everything that we have. God, right now, we admit that everything we have is from you, that we rely fully on you. And we ask that this week, you would lead us into rest. That you would restore broken hearts, that you would heal the hearts of those who are hurting. God, I know I know there are people within our church that are deeply wounded and hurt and, and overcome with their past and their shame and their struggles and different things that have happened that have been said to them or done to them. And I ask that through your rest, you would lead them into a fullness of restoration, that you would revive their souls. Jesus, we thank you for being a God who is passionate and compassionate about us, that you are doing a work in our lives even now. I thank you and I praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening today. We want to empower you to take the next step towards a thriving life with Jesus. If you're looking to get more connected, head over to our website, thrivecity.church connect. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and we would love to connect with you.